temptation to live for gain, to add to our coffers, to buy bigger and better is huge, isn't it? I confess it certainly is for me and I'm sure it is for you, but we must resist this. Today, I want to encourage you to really give yourself intensely to the warning that we are about to hear. So welcome to episode 161. I'm Dave Holt, and again, I'm delighted to have your company today. May I take your moment just to push or punt two books, which are now available on audio for you. You can find these on audible.com, amazon.com, or iTunes. The first is the brand new audiobook edition by Charles Spurgeon. Yes, redone. Well, not quite redone, but uh, it's been put in audio form for the first time. It's called The Saint and His Savior. Of course, if you're a believer, you're a saint. And if you're a believer in Jesus, he is your savior. And this is about walking closely with him. If you'd like to get it, head on over to audible.com iTunes or Amazon. Then there is another by David A. Harrell. It's called The Seven Key Principles for Effective Ministry. And by way of the title, you can see that it's probably particularly aimed at pastors. However, if you'd like to know how an effective pastor ought to be preaching and pastoring his church, you can either get this for yourself or you can perhaps purchase it for your pastor as a gift. Or if you're a pastor, an amazing book, an encouraging book, a challenging book, a convicting book. So head on over to audible.com, iTunes, and Amazon.com. Now, Reverend Spurgeon, our question for today, why is it foolish to live for gain? My friend, see that table of the worldly man, the mere worldling who lives for gain. Many of you are tempted to envy this man. Oh, that I had such a prospect in business, says one. I'm not half as sharp as he is. I could not deal as he deals. My religion would not let me. But how fast he gets rich. Oh, that I could prosper as he does. Come, my brother, judge not before the time. The man has got his money, but they who will be rich fall into temptation and a snare. Wealth ill-gotten or ill-used or hoarded brings canker with it. That does not canker the gold and the silver, but cankers the man's heart, and a cankered heart is one of the most awful things a man can have. Ah, see this money lover and mark the care which sits upon his heart. There is a poor old woman who lives near his lodge gate. She has but a pittance a week, but she says, Bless the Lord, I have enough. She never asks how she is to live, or how she is to die, or how she is to be buried, but sleeps sweetly on the pillow of contentment and faith. And here is this poor fool with untold gold. He is miserable because he happened to drop a sixpence as he walked along the streets, or because he had an extra call upon his charity to which the presence of some friend compelled him to yield, or perhaps he groans because his coat wears out too soon. After this comes covetousness. Many have had to drink of that cup. May God save any of us from its fiery drops. A great American preacher has said, Covetousness breeds misery. The sight of houses better than our own, of dress beyond our means, of jewels costlier than we may wear, of stately equipage and rare curiosities beyond our reach, these hatch the viper brood of covetous thoughts, vexing the poor who would be rich, tormenting the rich who would be richer. 
The covetous man pines to see pleasure. He is sad in the presence of cheerfulness, and the joy of the world is his sorrow because all the happiness of others is not his. I do not wonder that God abhors him. He inspects his heart as he would a cave full of noisome birds or a nest of rattling reptiles and loathes the sight of its crawling tenants. To be a covetous man, life is a nightmare and God lets him wrestle with it as best he may. Mammon may build its palace on such a heart and pleasure bring all its revelry there. Honor all its garlands, it would be like pleasures in a sepulchre and garlands on a tomb. When a man becomes covetous for more, all he has is nothing to him. More, 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 he says, like some poor creatures in a terrible fever who cry, drink, 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 and you give them drink, but after they have it, their thirst increases. Like the horse leech, they cry, give, give, give. Covetousness is a raving madness which seeks to grasp the world in its arms and yet despises the plenty it already has. This is a curse of which many have died, and some have died with the bag of gold in their hands and with misery upon their brow, because they could not take it with them into their coffin and could not carry it into another world. This much I know, he who lives to himself here must perish. He who sets his affections upon things on earth has not dug deep. He has built his house upon the sands, and when the rain descends and the floods come, down must come his house, and great must be the fall. Well, I hope that was a challenge to you, as you may find yourself even today, but if not today, certainly at another time, tempted to strive for more. The answer to the question, why is it foolish to live for gain, was provided during a Sunday morning sermon preached on the 28th of November, 1858, titled Satan's Banquet. Please feel free to contact me if you like. You can do so by emailing me at dave at askspurgeon.com. Until next time, the Lord bless and keep.